I noticed that people in society started relating to me as a man, which is awesome. That's what I want, but I've never experienced that before. I've only ever experienced life as a woman. Hola, hola. It's your girl, Erica from America. Welcome to the Confidence Chronicles podcast. This podcast is all about helping you stand in who you are. Stop giving a fuck what people think about you. Start standing as your fully expressed self. As you are, as is, there is no filter needed. You are fucking awesome. And I am here to remind you, I'm a confidence coach and I'm a bold stand for confidence. And I cannot wait to dig into today's episode with you. Hello, love, and welcome to the podcast. Today is a very, very special episode, one very near and dear to me. As you know, I like to share the stories of my students in the sisterhood, which is our year-long coaching experience. And I would usually say, share the stories of the women in the sisterhood. But today's story is a little bit different. It's about one of my students named Riley. And Riley started off his journey as a woman. And in today's podcast episode, Riley shares his experience transitioning, becoming a transgender man, joining the sisterhood, ending up doing the work with me, and to now be sharing openly and honestly and so courageously vulnerable on the podcast. I cannot tell you how much this episode means to me. I'm so excited and inspired and just really grateful that I get to be a part of Riley's life and that I get to witness and experience what he's moving through and how openly he shares and how incredible, incredible of a story that he has. This episode will help any one of you out there who may be struggling with your identity, may be struggling with your sexuality, feeling like you don't fit in, feeling like you're different. Riley's story resonates so deeply, and I know that it's going to be incredible for some of you to be seen, heard, and validated through his own experience and his story. So without further ado, I'll leave you with our episode today with Riley. Riley, welcome to the freaking podcast, my love. Hi, how are you? I am so happy to be speaking to you. I'm so happy that this is so meta because Riley is every day like tagging me, listening to the podcast, and now you're on the podcast. Uh, it's honestly such an honor, such a privilege. I never, ever thought I would get to have an opportunity like this, and it's just incredible. You. I'm so happy. So... I just want to let all of you listening know, as you guys know, we do this this story series for the people that are in the sisterhood, because I really, really want all of the listeners, you out there listening to this podcast to know that the work that we do and the work that I teach and my programs is amazing, not because I say so, but because there are people actually getting results in their lives, doing the hard yards. And Riley, I have to give it up to you because besides on Instagram, <laughs> All the shares, right? Like if you, if you follow me on Instagram, you know who Riley is. You would have seen his stories or seen, you know, the shares, but you and the reason I got you on, we were talking before we were recorded, like you choose what you, the reality that you want to see, you choose it. And it's so fucking inspiring. Oh, thank you. <laughs> like deeply inspiring. And so, of course, I want everybody to hear your story. And, and it's a specific story and how we connected and all that. So maybe just let everybody know a little bit about you 
and how you got in. We got some trains in the background. It's all good, y'all. <laughs> That's okay. Listen, you know, yeah, you know me, like with my, with my fucking e tag going off. So it doesn't matter. Um, so just let everybody know a little bit about maybe where you were before you joined the sisterhood and, and who you were and what was going on for you. Sure. Well, um, my name's Riley. I'm 29 and I'm a trans man. But basically, before the sisterhood, I was very lost for a very long time. Um, I had about a decade of addiction and just not knowing what to do in life. Uh, I, I was very, very lost. And even six months ago, active addiction every day. Why just wanted to be that? numb, just wanted to block everything out because it was too hard for me to accept the reality of being trans and trying to go through that process. So coming to the sisterhood definitely has changed a lot of things for me. It's kind of the practical application of the things that I was trying to do by myself. And yeah, it's just boosted that to a whole nother level for me. Um, Yeah, I guess I have just been through some radical self-development. I've spent a lot of years in therapy. I've spent a lot of years in addiction, out of addiction, trying to claw my way out of that hole. And it's been a really, really hard, tough journey, you know, mental health problems, suicide attempts, just not knowing where I fit in the world. And this is something that has revolutionized my life. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that. I just love you. So we have to say, and this is why it's like, it sounds really nice. Like the sisterhood's amazing. And thank you, Erica. But as we always talk in Instagram, like you are doing the work. And it's when we talk about personal development and talk about mental health, you know, it's so difficult. So it's, it's a journey in itself. But now I honor you so much for your vulnerability and being open to sharing your story because as you know, it's not only for you, it's helping so many others. Um, yeah, so many others. And my podcast is, you know, catered to women. I speak to women because I like to speak to what I know. I know this because I live this. I don't like to try to pretend what it's like to go through an experience like you're going through, an experience you went through. You know, I speak about what I know. And so, but that being said, I have so many people that listen to the podcast, you know, transgender men, transgender women that are like, your fucking podcast is helping me. You know, this is like men, some men listen to the podcast that don't have anything, you know, they're just like, what? And so I, I, I really need you to know the stand that you are and the way that you speak and what you talk about on your Instagram. And just even in the sisterhood, when people get to watch your videos and you hot seat coach with me, it's so inspiring. And I really honor you for being so wow. <laughs> It's true. I'm serious. It's like, oh my God, you're amazing. Can we copy and paste and make all of you see? <laughs> <laughs> that's, so. that's how I feel about you. That's how I felt about you from the second that I saw your video. So my friend Lacey, well, she's actually my girlfriend, Chloe's friend. She, uh, she introduced Chloe to the sisterhood and then yeah. Chloe introduced me. And I was kind of, I was really sad when I found out about it. Cause I was like, I want to do that. Like that sounds exactly where I need to be Mm. and then you messaged me and asked me if I'd like to join and I was over the moon because I just never thought that would happen for me yes so this is what happened shout out to Lacey thank you Lacey who's who's a beautiful client and friend and she's in you know Lacey joined the sisterhood online and then ended up coming to one of our Melbourne retreats and then now Lacey's in our business mastermind with me 
So Lacey and I have been on a long journey and she's been amazing. And so Lacey introduced her friend Chloe to me and joined the sisterhood. So Chloe joined and I was seeing Chloe post here and there. And then Riley. And then I'm like, Riley, I see Riley every day in my inbox. And Hamish is like, do you know this Riley person? Because they keep, they're amazing. They keep sharing and they're messaging me. (laughs) (laughs) And I have to say, like, those of you that listen to my podcast, you know that I try my hardest to reply and message to everybody back as much as I can. Not because of a gimmick. It's just my style. I love talking. I love my community, right? I'm... I'm obsessed with the relationships that I've been able to build on social media who have then become my best friends or my clients or they're on my podcast. And it's such an incredible tool. And so Riley ended up in my DMs. We were going back and forth, you and I talking. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, right? I, you know, I just thought, I thought, look, she's so busy, but I just want to say <laughs> all these things to her. I was like, I don't, but in the end, I didn't even care if you didn't reply. I mean, oh. you always replied. But I was just like, if I have something to say, I'm going to say it to you. (laughs) Good work. I love that. Do you know what? I love you, though. Some of y'all be messaging me like uh, novels and like, do you have have any advice for me? And I'm like, girl, don't send me those novels. I can't give you advice in that. (laughs) I know. Even with me, you'll just be like, do this, do that. It's like like with some things when you're super busy, it's just (laughs) like two second responses. I'm like, yes. Thank you. I know, but you're my client and I love you and you're doing the work. And that's the thing, right? Like sometimes, you know, for those of you out there listening, if you want to get in front of someone that you love or you admire, do it in a way where you're adding value to them. Do it in a way where it's really, you know, thoughtful of them. Because when people do have a lot of DMs, you going, will you give me advice on all this stuff for free is really difficult because, you know, it's a business. So I always honored you because you did share and you would put things that impacted you and how it helped you and then I put two and two together and I'm like oh Lacey comes from Chloe and Chloe is Riley's girlfriend and I'm like they're boyfriend and girlfriend and they could totally be doing this work together and I feel like Riley's doing the work and so I did I messaged Riley and I said <laughs> listen I I need you to know and everybody listening like y'all know I'd be keeping it real and I'm very congruent and integral and I think it's very important especially in personal development work so Riley is going through this um, transgender man I'm trying to work on myself. I found your work. I want to work with this. I want to work on myself, but I don't think I can join the sisterhood because it's sisterhood. It's for women. And I do talk about women in the whole program. So when I did reach out, I'm like, listen, I know you want to join. I know you want to do this, but are you okay with this? Like, this is what this is. So it was really, you know... I was really wanting to make sure that number one, I'm, and by the way, everybody, I'm not promoting that my program is, you know, suitable for transgender men. Like, I'm not saying that, right? You know, so that's why I think too, you made a choice. You're like, I know who she is. Yeah. Like, I know who Erica is. I know what this program's about, but I still feel like this could help me with my mental health and my journey. Absolutely. I think, uh, it just, every podcast I listened to was, speaking to something in my soul and I could hear your passion and your desire to help people change just through your own life story. And I, something clicked and I just said, eventually that's what I want to do. But first of all, I have to work on myself and I've done a lot of work on myself, but nowhere near as much as what you, you offer me through your podcast and through the program. So it's just amazing. <laughs> yeah, but I just loved it. I was just like, okay, you know, and it was really for me, just so you know, I was like, am I doing the right thing? Like, am I, because I've never had to face that. I've never had to, you know, we have a, a woman in our Melbourne program and, you know, she, same similar kind of situation we went through and it was like, am I going to be okay? Am I going to be included? Am I going to be safe? Like, I got you. I'm going to look after you. I am, 
you know, I speak to privilege and I come from the marginalized community and all of that, but I don't know what your experience is like, Riley. Like, I can't say, you know, I can't say I've been in your experience. So I was really like, I love you and I want to have you, but it has to be, you have to make the decision. And if you're okay to do it, I would love to have you. And you said, yes, <laughs> I know. And I, I don't want to brush on this. I really want you to take this because you could have found a way to been like offended, to been um, not included, to felt like, I, you know, I see it all the time. I'm sure you see it all the time. People looking for w ways and reasons to point outwards as to how people are mean, assholes, this, that, and the other. And people can be, people can be assholes, right? But, you know, I haven't been discriminated on by the color of my skin, but I've been discriminated on for being a ghetto Puerto Rican bitch from where I was from, a thug or whatever. You know, I haven't been discriminated on because of my, my sex, but I've been discriminated on because of my gender. So like, I haven't lived the thing you have, but you're living this, which I'm sure, and I'd love for you to talk about how it's been for you, this whole experience with your family, with yourself, with everything. And then on top of that, you're, no, that's okay. On top of that, you're <laughs> choosing to not be offended in a space where it isn't exclusively built for you, but it's not excluding you. It's like, it, I just think it's, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, I think, um, the funny thing is I, I was all of those things, even, you know, six months ago, a year ago, I was blaming everybody else for my problems. I wasn't taking responsibility for my life. And I now understand that's because I was living in my mind, in my emotions. I had, little to no awareness of anything outside myself and my struggles. And I just, I just didn't understand. I didn't know how to become unstuck and it was a very rocky road. So I don't want people out there to think that, Oh yeah, I joined the sisterhood and my life is absolutely exactly. fantastic. <laughs> you know, it's it, look, it, it, it's a lot of crying. It's a lot of deep truth. It's a lot of grieving. It's a lot of pain, but I think that in the long run, I just, I feel like it's worth it. So for me, um, just a little bit about my story. I mm. didn't know that I was transgender until I was 27 and that was two years ago. I didn't know that it was a thing. I, I was previously a woman and I was a lesbian and I wanted that to be my life for the rest of my life. I wanted to have a wife. I wanted to, you know, be a little bit outside the normal box as I kind of always have been. But, um, Coming to realize that um, was one of the hardest things in my life, especially as an adult, because that's not the life I thought I thought I would have. And I did, I had absolutely no idea what to do. And also from coming from being a lesbian, I didn't really spend a lot of time around men. Um, I haven't really had any strong men in my life apart from my dad. Um, and he's not a manly man. He's a very intellectual professor kind of man so <laughs> a bit more on the creative side yeah but I had absolutely no idea what to do and there really wasn't that many resources out there for me I just had to ask friends that I knew that were transitioning I joined a lot of support groups because even in empirical evidence research there's barely anything wow. um and I my whole life had turned upside down I I how am I supposed to be something that I've never really identified with or really liked being around or felt comfortable yes. being around. Yes. So there was this whole, you know, cause I'm so for women and I just, I understand women and I relate and I 
understand the emotional intensity because uh, I'm quite an emotional person. I'm a cancer. So. Oh, you're a cancer as well. When's your birthday? First of July. So I just oh. turned 29. But wow. um, honestly, it was it was really hard. So I kind of just didn't know what I was doing. I I kind of ignored it for a while. I just kind of continued in my addiction and I thought if I could drink and numb myself out, the problem would go away. And as we know, that, that kind of doesn't happen like mm-hmm. that. So I just, I had to really accept myself first. And one of the biggest issues for me was the idea of having to become a straight white man. I did not understand that. I didn't understand that you can be whatever person you want to be. You, do, you know, you don't have to follow the societal boxes. Mm. But for some reason, this mental block came up and I was so terrified. I, you know, apart from not looking like that when you first begin, because, you know, the hormones take a long time and that, the changes happen from one to five years. So it takes five years to fully transition physically in terms of facial hair and voice and things like that. Um, and I'm a quick fix person. I want everything to happen at once. <laughs> Sorry, I used to be. Used to be. I was to say, come on, Riley. <laughs> I guess it was just the most terrifying thing I've ever done. And I really just had to get to a place where, like Byron Katie says, I had to accept what is. I, I didn't have a choice. I was just pushing against this immovable force and I had to surrender. And once I did that, I, I guess I kind of, started making my own path rather than following paths of other people. I I really understood that if I wanted to do this thing, I had to do it myself, even though I had no idea what was happening. I was stumbling around in the dark, didn't know what action to take. And I've just kind of really honestly like found my own way Mm. through understanding myself, understanding my mind being nice to myself, <laughs> really difficult, guys, really hard. <laughs> yeah, isn't isn't it like a miracle? Just be kind to yourself a little bit, be your best friend. But isn't it funny because you hear that your entire life, you know, mm-hmm. just be kind to yourself, speak nicely. And I'm like, nah, mm-hmm. nah I don't know how to do that. Too yeah. hard, basket. <laughs> yeah. I have to ask, so before, so you said two years ago, which is really fairly new still, right? Like it's really new. So prior to that, how was your mental health? How were the habits of you treating yourself? Was there, what was the moment of like, oh my gosh, I'm actually not this. I am, I am over here. I'm going to transition. Like, I know that I need to do this. What was that moment? I, I don't think there was one specific moment. I think it was a lot of different moments where mm. I always felt like there was something missing. And when I heard about people transitioning, my first reaction was, oh, maybe in another life, maybe in another life I was meant to be a man. Um, So it was just a lot of little things in terms of just feeling really uncomfortable in my body, especially with my chest. That had been a running thing for about 12 years. Um, I can't can't really even explain the one moment, but I think... It was coming then. It was happening. It was was definitely happening. It was happening over a long period of time. So just a lot of different things in terms of you know, I used to pretend to shave my face. Whenever I got stressed when I was younger, I'd put facial like foaming cream on and mm. pretend to shave my face. Just little things like that that I'm like, oh, it makes sense now. Yeah. Um, but definitely the beginning of this year when I was still drinking, 
I got to about March and COVID happened and I just said, I don't want to live like this anymore. This is my sign to stop and to Mm. really work on myself and be myself. And COVID was this amazing opportunity to have to sit in my own shit. And it was so hard. I am blown away. Like everybody listening, my mouth is like, what? March? Oh my gosh. Because your consistency and obviously transformation takes time, right? It takes a long time. But your consistency, and this is what's important to everybody listening out there. Like, if you can hear, Riley's not saying it was overnight. It has taken a long time for you to get to where you are. But even still, let's say the beginning of 2020, and we're sitting in end of July, like six months, or or let's say six months, the, the fact of you, and, and I love how you do this, like it feels like, and I have very addictive personality as well. Like I I've taken way too much MDMA. Let me just say that. Um, there'll be a, there'll be a podcast about that, um, which is hilarious, you know. And so I had this. I had a real bad problem with alcohol, and so I understand. But also, I can see where the addiction hab- habit in you also works when you're in good momentum. So, like, I'm going to listen to all the podcasts. I'm going to do all the work. Like that's it's in the positive, right? <laughs> which is kind of nice because before, you know, I. I'm kind of blown away by my own change because just for me, it my life was very much pessimism, depression, like not being able to get out of bed for days, not, not you know, not even being able to feed myself or shower myself or anything, completely isolating myself. And I never, ever thought that it would get better ever. And something must have really kept me going, you know, mm. to get out of that place and turn it around but definitely it's not a it's not an overnight fix at all and it it hurts and it's effort and it's tears and it's sweat and it fucking sucks sometimes you know but I know that what I'm doing is better than what I was doing before and that's kind of something that keeps me going Mm, like better today than yesterday absolutely yeah. How, how is your how is your support around you? Do you have friends, family? Like, do you you live in WA? Is that where you were originally from? Like, talk to me about that. Yeah, absolutely. I was born here. Um, so yeah, twenty nine years of being here. I'm was I'm very close to my family. It wasn't again. Wasn't always like that. I was very uh, n- n- not a very nice teenager when I was younger. Um, <laughs> and you know, through addiction, obviously, you isolate yeah. people and. You have a warped perspective on life. So it's taken about five years to get my relationship with my parents to where it is, and now they're my best friends. So makes me so happy. I think it was very hard to tell them, and it was very hard for them to really understand. And they they've done amazingly, and it's great. But the main thing I think was communication. And when I first came out, I was not very confident in communicating. Mm. Um, I didn't really say, Hey, this is who I am. Please respect me. Do that. I just said, Oh, I I think this is what I want to do. And I sat down and had a big conversation with my mom and, and dad and, you know, mom cried. And she, she said, I, I, I don't really understand. I don't, I don't really know what to do. Um, but she kind of went away and process, processed it herself. And it, again, that takes time. It takes time. If you've had a daughter for 27 years and then they turn around and say, hi, I'm actually your son, um, mm. please respect me and use my pronouns and call me yeah. your son, you know. Yeah. I wanted that instantaneously and I didn't realise that she had to go through 
that process. And my parents had to grieve Bridie, which is my birth name, Bridie mm-hmm. Alicia Kelso. Um, they had to grieve the loss of her. And I don't think any of us expected didn't know what to expect because there's no real manual on how to transition. So it's just been growth and it's been hard and I've gone to some family things and sometimes I get, I used to get upset when people would call me she Mm -hmm. and, you know, I think mum would be a bit like, Oh, you know, um, well, it's hard for everybody, you know, it's like, okay, mum. Yeah. (laughs) But um, I understand where she was coming from. Absolutely. I just think, it's just one of those things that takes time and not everybody will always accept you. Everyone in my family has been very supportive. Maybe there's a few people that don't really understand and I haven't had a chance to really talk to them about it, but overall I'm very, very lucky. Um, That's very rare with trans people Mm. to have supportive family. All I'm, all I'm hearing is how fucking amazing and aware and responsible you are as a coach. I'm just listening. I don't know if other coaches are listening, but I'm listening to that because, again, I can't imagine how you felt and how difficult it would have been and how alone you could have felt and how misunderstood and all of the things that you would have been going through, which you weren't even, you weren't even understanding in yourself. And now you have, you know, your mother and father, right? Like, so... And this is, I hope you're all hearing me. Like, this is why I feel like you're so, like, not everyone's like you. Like, it's like, I want more people to be like you, meaning I want more people to do this work on themselves, whether it's with me, whether it's with, I don't give a fuck who you work with, but do the work because if you're hearing it, it's like Riley has moved through something so difficult and is still moving through something so difficult and is taking the ultimate highest level of responsibility for how you show up and how you can see how your parents are doing the best they can, even if they were disrespectful, rude, not thoughtful, um, lazy to figure it out, like not supportive. And you're there loving them. And you're there, like I say, be Gandhi, like you're there, like doing the Gandhi thing, which is fucking hard to be Gandhi. Like, thank you for making us try to fill them shoes, Gandhi. Like, I know, right? (laughs) You know, it's easier to be like, it's your fault, mom. It's because you did this or you did that or my ex-girlfriend did this or this person in high school did that or whatever it is. So I just, fuck, man, you're just, you're so, it makes me so happy to see this level of responsibility. And I actually honestly can't believe it's only been that amount of time. It blows me away. Um, Thank you. I'm, I'm blown away too, you know? <laughs> yeah, but good. Like, I blow myself away. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I look at myself and I just go, who am I? Like, I'm like, what, what's happening right Isn't now? Isn't it great? It's so good. It's, I, I say this all the time at my events. I'm like, I should know who I am. It's like, I hope you don't fucking know ever who you are. I hope you're always evolving. Right. And like, how great. So I do have a question about the addiction. So um, I'm, you know, when, when this was coming up for you and you were, you know, what were you on and what helped you get off whatever you were on? Um, so I was drinking daily pretty much. Yeah. I've had a drinking problem since I was about 18. Um, that just became my vice and mm-hmm. it was the biggest vice. And I know a lot of people think, oh, you know, it's just alcohol, but it does something to me. It changes my brain chemistry. I become a completely different person. Really? I'm aggressive. I'm violent I'm horrible I scream at people that I love I punch holes in things you know I it it turned it kind of for me I think it was a way that I could express all my anger and be completely out of control and not take responsibility for my, oh my life. god high five that was me yep <laughs> 
also also weed. So that that was more so because I just I wanted my brain to stop. I wanted everything to stop. Mm. I wanted to stop feeling. I wanted to stop thinking. I just didn't really want to exist for a lot of the time because mm. I thought that was my life. And I thought life was horrible. Life is hard. It's never going to get better. You're a piece of shit. You don't deserve anything. You're crap, you know. And I, it, uh, that's honestly, that was my life for about 12 years. So mm. to see where I am today, I just, I still struggle with things like that. I still struggle with smoking weed and smoking mm. cigarettes, but I haven't drunk since March, which is my big thing, you know, because that's the thing that could have killed me. That's the only time I've ever attempted suicide or self-harmed or anything was when I was drinking. And in a right mind, I, I don't do things like that. Yeah, yeah. And it is. Alcohol is massive. And it's it's crazy how it's legal, how it's marketed, how it's sold. And marijuana, marijuana, right, is like, yeah. you it's you should not be, you know, smoking the plant. And I'm not saying, you know, do what you do, everybody. But it's really crazy that this manufactured thing like alcohol that has killed so many people where, you know, we get in trouble for in America. It's funny, like we went to America, as you know, and. Disney smelled like weed, you know, like Mickey Mouse smelled like weed. And I was just like, oh, my God, this is so weird, you know. But I guess the way that they finally have, have made it is like that's legal and alcohol has always been legal. But it is. You're right. Like I almost died with alcohol. My husband passed away with alcohol. You had all those things. Alcohol is a full on addiction. It really is. I think the biggest struggle is that it's everywhere. And especially in Australia, yeah. it's such a part of the culture and you know, oh, why aren't you drinking? What's wrong with you? Mm. Um, oh, come, just come and get pissed, you know, you'll be right. What do you mean you don't drink? You know, all those kinds of things. Yeah. And there's bottle shops everywhere, you know, and it's just it's very much a part of our culture, cultural, I think. And yeah. 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 So I think that was something that I struggle with a lot, um, mm. feeling like I, I couldn't do anything without alcohol. You know, I would honestly, I would drink all night until I passed out. I would sleep with a bottle of wine under my pillow so I could drink the second that I woke up so I could have confidence to go and do things. Yeah. So it was it was that bad, you know, it was, yeah. it was awful. <laughs> You're amazing. So what did you, going through all of that, obviously it would have been so difficult. What did, what did you wish, what did you think you needed back then? What would have served you, that you back then, who was trying to figure all of this out? I just wish that somebody would have, explained that it's okay to have intense feelings and that it's okay to not be okay. I think there's such a mm. societal thing of, oh, but you have to have all your shit together and you have to look like this and you have to do this particular thing. And if you don't have a degree or you don't have the most amazing job, then you're worthless. But it's for me, the mental health and looking after yourself comes first because without that, you can't have all those other things. And mm. I think I was just trying to stack all these different things on top of myself when I didn't have a firm foundation. It was just so difficult. I just, I wish that, I, I wish that I, I could have met you sooner. <laughs> I wish, you know, I wish, I wish there was more people out there that talked about things the way that you do. Mm. Um, you know, like Brene Brown and you and, you know, Tony Robbins and people like that. I that I really feel like that needs to be taught more or yeah. talked about more or more widely accessible to. People. Imagine in school, my gosh, like that. 
look, Ugh. just don't even get me started. I know. <laughs> it just needs to be torn down. Yeah. <laughs> torn down and rebuild it, please. It's true. Yeah. Just, I just, I, like, I, I just, I really struggle with that concept. Why are we mm. learning algebra, but we don't know how to look after our mental health? We don't, yeah. we don't know how to do things like that because we're not taught. Yeah. And, and I'm not saying my parents didn't teach me things like that. They were always like, talk to me, tell me your feelings. But I was so afraid of making them disappointed or, you know, doing something wrong, from, yeah. you know, from my false beliefs Yeah, that I, I didn't know how to communicate. I didn't know how to tell people what was wrong. So I just buried it underneath my alcohol, you know. Oh, and do you feel too like they're, was any representation for you or any mentors or anybody like, you know, you can really see it's not represented much. Now it's getting better. We're getting better, right? Like media, movies, Netflix, TV, but like, absolutely. you know, did, had you, had you ever met anyone who was transitioning? Had you ever, did you ever see this? Was this like a foreign concept to you? Cause I mean, it was, it was quite foreign. Um, I mean, when I grew up and came out at 16, I had no idea what a transgender person was. I have met, I have a couple of friends that I think they were male to female. And honestly, the first time I met a transgender person, I said, oh my goodness, I'm so glad that I'm not trans. That would be the most difficult thing you ever have to go through. Wow. And then, you know, five years later, yeah. oh, <laughs> oh shit. See, I love you though, Riley. Like this is the real... I just, ugh, you're amazing. You know, it's real. Like, you're like, I'm, a, I'm not trying to be an asshole, but I'm glad I'm not doing that. Oh, shit, actually, I am. Okay, I don't know anything about this. Okay, like. No idea. Wow. But um, I do I do have uh, one friend in, um, in Perth, and we haven't really met up or anything, but he's been a big um, influence for me, just watching his journey, and um, that's just been really amazing to me. Yeah. So it kind of gives you confidence and also yeah. social media, really, really helpful. Um, I love that. Can you say that again? Social media is really, really helpful, people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. Social media, <laughs> 10 out of 10, recommend. Get on that. <laughs> well, but tell me that because now I, I watched you did a video, which I love. I was like, yes. So what I think that a lot of people listening who maybe haven't went and said, yeah, I'm going to hire a coach or yeah, I'm going to join a program or yeah, I'm going to commit to working on myself. So whoever you are out there and you're like, I, I've been listening, but I haven't been committed and I'm dipping my toes in, but I'm not doing it. Like, what what do you feel now? Because you've now, you're now working on yourself. You're managing your mind. Thank you, Byron Katie. All the things, right? Um, I'm sure my listeners are so sick of hearing her name. <laughs> They're just but, like, okay, we get it, Byron. Yeah, I know. BK, BK. <laughs> but right, it's like you start you start like realizing and understanding and unpacking all of your life and you're still doing this, but now you're sharing your journey. And what do you think now that you know what you know, why do you think it's important that you not only heal start to heal your stuff, but then share it? I think the most important thing of sharing your story regardless of if it's scary or you don't know what other people are going to think, it brings connection. It brings mm. understanding. It makes people not feel like they're alone. It makes it, it, I, I can't tell you how many times your stories have made me go, shit, I went through something like that. I thought I was the only person and, and wow. And then, you know, I honestly, I still, I, I, I don't know how I feel about sharing my story, but I want to, because if I can help one person out there or someone can relate to me, 
that's my whole goal, that someone mm-hmm. can relate and not feel alone and not fall into that depression and cycle and to be like, wow, this person went through really horrible shit and look what they're doing with their life. You know, I'm no different to anybody else. You're no different to anyone yeah. else. We're humans and we've been through our things because that was just what happened in, with our life. But we learned to overcome things and to become stronger and braver and sharing that story. If you keep it bottled up inside, the world is missing out. The world is missing out on your truth and your authenticity. And you're, you know, everyone, everyone is important. Everyone has something to say. Everyone is valid. Mm. And hearing other people's stories, that's why I love talking to people. I talk yeah. people's ears off and <laughs> I can, I can, I'm really good at listening as well, but I want people to tell me their story. I want people to talk about hard shit. You know, and a lot of my friends, they're like, oh, that's too heavy, Riley. Like, don't, don't ask me that question. It's, it's too hard now. But I'm like, no, tell me the, tell me the nitty gritty. They're like, I'm not ready. Yeah. <laughs> so, You're supposed to be a coach. That's why. <laughs> exactly. But I think definitely sharing your story adds something to the world. It adds value. Mm-hmm. It adds depth. It adds insight and it adds a different perspective because everyone has a different perspective and it can help people think. And help people understand that we're all human beings. We all are connected. We all go through very similar things. It might not be an alcohol addiction. It might be a heroin addiction. It might be a food addiction. It might be too much time on in front of the TV. I think everyone can relate to everyone else in some form. And that's what's so important about sharing. It's so good. And and I think too, watching you express that and share that, obviously, have people reached out to you? Have other transgender men said, listen, you know, I need help with this? Or how did you do this? Like, have people asked you for some support or, or feedback? I mean, um, yeah, they have like, uh, some people, not not too many just yet. But um, yeah. that's fingers crossed for the future. But yeah. yes, a lot of people, I, I was actually blown away by when I put out that introduction video about my podcast that I'm going to make, I I didn't know what to expect, but everybody was overwhelmingly supportive. And, you know, I was, I was waiting for the trolls and the haters and, mm. you know, waiting for the negative and it, it never happened. <laughs> Isn't it funny, right? We're like, wh- why do we expect that? <laughs> like, oh, it's a good idea and people want to listen. What? Yes. So I think coming from a, from a, a, a life of, completely doubting myself, not believing I was worth anything. And these weren't necessarily things other people had told me. These were things that I believed in myself. You know, maybe someone told me that when I was 10 and yeah. I held on to it. So, yeah, mine, it's its just, it's really interesting. <laughs> oh, my gosh, it's so good. I feel like you're going to change the world. There's going to be, uh, even after this podcast, we're going to tag and put all the links in the show notes so that you can hit Riley up. But also, so you can follow the journey, so you can share, so you can connect If you obviously love this podcast, make sure you tag us so that we can reshare and and see what you got out of this. But one of the awesome things that you were talking about is you're wanting to do a podcast. So talk about that. Like what part, like what is for you that big intention and what would you love to create with that podcast? Oh, goodness. So originally my podcast was uh, just going to be about my story of transitioning. And then as I was planning, I realized I was saying a lot of I statements. So I, 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 me, me, me. Mm. And, um, that didn't really sit right with me. So Mm. 
I do want to share my story on the podcast, obviously, but I think my intention is to create a space like the one that I would have wanted when I was going mm. through all these hard things. So I want to create a space for people who do feel different. You don't have to be transgendering. I mean, transitioning, sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> you, uh, I want to create a place where people can listen and be, and just relate and not feel so afraid to speak up about the things that they're going through, the hard things, because I wish that I had been confident enough to speak up and to tell people what was going on because I really believe I might not have struggled for as many years as I did mm. because my silence was my cage and I don't want to be in that cage anymore. Uh, no matter how scared I am to put the podcast out, I want people to hear me and I want people to relate and feel safe and then eventually come onto the podcast. I want it to be kind of like a community, a discussion. I want it to be th- something that people get fired up about and that mm. they get excited about and to have hard conversations. You know, I'm a bit of a joker, but I also know how to be really serious and talk very frankly and get to the bottom of things and scoop out my darkness and, mm. you know, have a cry. So I think I just want to, to be a place where people can relate and mm. feel safe. Just safety yeah. is the word that I'm getting a lot, you know? Yes. I hear it too, like safe, validated, connected, you know, community. Yeah. So it's it's going to be called Love From Riley because I really feel like oh, that's one of the reasons. Yeah. Because I feel like that's, <laughs> I just, I'm a big empath. I have a lot of love for everyone and I spent many years not living in that love because I was in a dark mm. place and wow I want everyone to have love from Riley so <laughs> that's my plan I'm feeling the love it's good I hope you're all feeling the love I have um we were chatting once um one of the many messages that we have our thread is long um and you shared something with me and, and I would love if you feel comfortable to talk about it because we talked pre pre-recording and we have agreed that we're happy to chat, right? Um, so I'm not putting Riley on the spot, everybody. Um, but this was, you were in line and there was some, a woman not getting treated right. And you were like, what the hell is this? Like that feeling about that. Like, can you tell me about that? Because I think that that's, it's still you, but then it's who you were as when you were a woman and experiencing that. And then now you're defending it, but also feeling for it, which I think is such an amazing perspective that you had in that moment. Absolutely. I mean, so basically, um, I basically I went to a shop and I had my facial hair on because uh, I mascara it to make it stand out more. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that people in society started relating to me as a man, which is awesome. That's what I want, but I've never experienced that before. Yeah. Um, I've only ever experienced life as a woman. So, you know, as a woman, people would push past me and I would say, oh, sorry, you know, I I would always apologize for everything. And now when I walk around, women get out of my way and it makes me so uncomfortable because, you know, it's like this sense of, you know, like empowerment and entitlement that I think men don't understand that they actually have. So um, to then have women apologizing and telling me to go first in a line just because I'm a man, that made me so upset because I was like, why is society like this? And I, you know, I'm the kind of man that 
I will let all the women onto the bus first. I will open doors, not to be I'm a chauvinistic person, but I'm I'm respectful and I yeah. you know, I it's a, sorry, I get very passionate. <laughs> <laughs> I just I I I don't understand why why society is like that. And I really think that people need to understand that you don't have to shy away or, you know, this whole idea of the lesser sex or the weaker sex just because you're women or the whole idea that your emotions don't mean anything and it makes you hysterical. It's just ridiculous. And I really want to at some point be able to educate people, educate men, educate anybody that, you know, the way that society is with in regards to men and women is not okay. It's, you know, I, I want to relearn that and reframe that. But it's it's the weirdest thing. You know, men walk past me and they go, hey, bro, and give me a nod of respect. I'm like, what is that? Like, <laughs> you know, I would, as a woman, I'd actively avoid men and I'd yeah. give them a wide berth and now people are like, hey, bro. High five, yeah. I know, it's like, what? No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> That's not a thing. <laughs> and it's it's such a surreal experience because I'm not really sure what to do with that yeah. other than speak up talk out, you know, say if someone cuts in front of a woman or in front of anyone, no, sorry, she was there first, Yeah, you know, and it's just very strange because women seem to be so grateful, like I'm doing them this amazing service of letting them go first and, oh, wow, that's so rare of you and you're such a nice guy. It's like everybody should be like that. Everybody should have common courtesy and basic common sense Mm. nobody is above anybody else regardless of gender or anything and it's just very frustrating (laughs) it's so but that's why i love that that's why i wanted to talk on it because when you messaged me i could hear like you were frustrated you were on fire and these are the things (laughs) i know but it's like these are the things if you're listening that you know these are the little nudges the little lights on the dashboard that go off that go this is what i am this is who i am this is what i care about this is what pisses me off this is what lets me on hot fire like you know during your life you get these these opportunities to tune into your dashboard light and be like oh what is that going off why am I getting charged by that like why is that you know and you have this unique narrative like you'll be able to talk to that you'll be able you know you can do that you can take a stand for that you can speak on that like you get to speak on that because of your experience and that's amazing you know what I mean that's what I mean I'm just like and and you guys I, I keep saying this but like this could be a whole nother way like you know, you could be, like you said, addicted on drugs in the corner, you know, shooting up, unhappy, miserable, the world's against me, my family doesn't get me, blah, blah, blah. And I'm not saying it's easy. None of this shit is easy, by the way, none of it, right? But you, you're you listening, right? You're listening. Do you feel like there's this, you're listening and you're making choices and they're not easy choices, but you are actively choosing to be the greatest version or the highest version of you that you can be. Do you feel like there is... I don't know, like what you believe in, but like this higher thing guiding you or this thing that's keeping you safe or do you feel like that? Uh, well, yeah, like I'm, I'm a quite a spiritual person in the sense of, you know, I, I believe in the universe and I believe that everything is connected. Um, and I believe a lot in energy and things Mm -hmm. like that. So that's kind of how I, uh, would describe it for me, but absolutely. I, I, I very much tap into that every single day. Um, I, you know, I do things like tarot reading and I'm nice. learning how to do meditation properly. You know, <laughs> again, <laughs> that is something highly, highly recommended. I know everybody used to say it to me my whole life. 
just sit down and meditate. I was like, fuck off. I don't mm. want to meditate. Let me tell you, as someone that never meditated, what it's done for my life, wow. mental clarity, sleeping better, just being able to sit more comfortably, if that's even a thing, with yeah. the uncomfortable things that I'm feeling and thinking. Um, yeah. Wow. So, so it's giving you space. It's giving you space. Do you feel like you don't react as much or? Yeah. I, yeah. I feel like there's definitely like a pause and then a response rather than an instantaneous reaction. Um, and also it's so great, you know, the world is so busy and you get this quiet time that's just you. Mm. And eventually when you practice, your mind does get quieter and you are able to really fully sink into that feeling and have like a, maybe like a whole body experience or relaxation. And it's, it's really amazing. I, I was so against meditation, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you know, part, in part of the, what you were saying and just like, you know, meditate it's great take some time to meditate take some time to journal like, I, was no. like, oh. I was like nah man like yeah. can't be bothered I don't have enough time you do have time yeah you have all the time in the world it's just even if your schedule is so busy you don't have to do it for half an hour you can just you know like you say write it on a receipt write mm-hmm. it on a piece of paper you know, <laughs> just do it it's not it's not <laughs> like there's no I, even when I first started I would sit down and I would think about doing it and then I'd be exhausted because it's like, oh, I've already done it in my head, but I haven't yeah, yeah. physically done anything. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's enough for today. But then I'd feel, you know, a bit disappointed because I hadn't actually taken the action. I just thought about it. <laughs> yes, it's true. And uh, and I love that you say that because you are consuming and listening to all of these things. And what are you right now, I guess, in your journey um, sisterhood and, and life in your journey, what are you right now focusing on, on doing better or growing or expand? Like what is your focus at the moment? Obviously it's going to change, but yeah. Um, right now it is definitely implementing meditation daily. It's basically in a broad spectrum, it's self-care, yeah. but radical self-care. Um, so listening to my body, eating food, drinking water when I'm dehydrated, sleeping enough. Um, but then a very big part is um, consuming content that makes my soul feel alive, that makes me happy, that makes me motivated. Mm. Uh, I really liked when you said that you don't watch the news or listen to the news. Yeah, I have not watched the news for about three years because I couldn't do it. It made no. me feel so sad, so low, so sick. Yeah, and you know, every time I go to my parents' house, if they're mm-hmm. watching the news, they know. I say, "All right, I'm just going to step outside. I'm just going to go over here. Yeah. I don't want to be part of that." I love that. I love the boundaries in their home. Like, listen, when I come over, can you shut that shit off, please? Like, I know, right? I'm just like, please stop. (laughs) I know. Just when I come over, if you can just like turn the mute button on, that would be great. You can still watch it, but I'll I'll be out here looking at nature and not staring at the screen. So, yeah, definitely just um, really trying to work on those thoughts that come up, those things that I conditioned myself or was conditioned to believe about myself. Um, once I actually started tackling them and it seems like a lot, it's like a big ball of string and there's so much and it's all jumbled up and you don't know where the the end of the string is to start pulling. But once you start pulling, it unravels and it Mm. gets less and less and it gets easier, you know? Mm. Um, so a lot of things about, you know, Oh, you're not good enough. People won't want to listen to you. 
um, not good enough for what, like you say, you know, mm. I'm my own standard. I'm my own person and I get to create my own life. And yes. that's what I'm focusing on doing. I just recently, this week actually started a remedial massage diploma. Cool. Uh, so that's really cool. So that's something I'm focusing on intellectually. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then just, uh, yeah, my tarot readings and, uh, I don't know, like working out, getting back into the gym, gym yeah. stuff and cooking. I really like cooking as well. So yeah, mm. just kind of like learning how to bring that sense of calm that I experienced in COVID yeah. back into my life now when yeah. the, when the world is getting busy again yeah yeah i know because you guys in, in wa where um western australia is you guys are kind of just getting back to normal yeah so a lot of people are going back to work um life is becoming a lot more busy uh n- n- not really liking it around the shops i'm not really a shopping center person so yeah <laughs> uh lots of people so i try and avoid the shops <laughs> yeah yeah it's a bit crazy energy at the shops. So the energy's all over the place. And if you're empathetic, you could probably feel all of that um, that's going on. How is, I know that when you, you said you were looking after your health and self-caring. So you're taking, with the transitioning of five years, do you have to take something? Does, there, does your body, obviously your body's going through a shift as well. How does that affect you? Like, because you have to look after your body, your mind, your... Everything. Absolutely. Well, I mean, I'm on testosterone, so... For the first 10 months, I was on a gel, which is just kind of, it's kind of like, it smells like um, hand sanitizer, really strong hand sanitizer and alcohol. Yeah. So I was rubbing that on my skin um, every day, you know, four pumps of it. So it's quite a lot. Uh, But then I really wasn't having the desired changes. And I, I was very unsure if I wanted to fully transition um, as in continue taking the hormones. Yeah. So that's why I was on the gel. Uh, but then I just thought, no, like this is really what I want. So I started getting injections. So every three months you get big old needle into your, into your butt and it really hurts and <laughs> yeah. it takes about 30 seconds to go into your body. So it's. Oh, really? It's a long time. Oh my goodness. It's a very viscous substance. So you, you have to do it real slow. And yeah, so. I find when I first get shots, I have a lot of energy and I'm very <laughs> hungry and I'm very, you know, very just full of beans. But towards the end of the three months, um, you know, my mood goes down a bit. I get a bit flat. I get a bit unmotivated. Yeah. But um, I get really excited to get that back again. So I'm pretty, I'm, I'm sure that you have to be on hormones for the rest of your life, yeah. um, which I'm really happy about because yeah. uh, that's super exciting. It's like I get to take this medicine that makes me more myself, you know? Yeah, I love that. That's really cool. It is. It's so good because, again, your outlook is just, I just love your outlook. And this is what I hope that you're getting, those of you listening, is like the situation is, like the circumstance is what it is, the emotion, the thoughts, all that we get to choose around the circumstance. And I can just hear like that the work that you've done and the life that you choose to live and who you want to become and who you are becoming, you know, on all the areas of your life, not just a physical form, but like mentally, spiritually, you know, emotionally, like you get to keep all the parts of you that you want to have and and all of the work that you're doing to become 
like you said, a day better than yesterday or a better version than yesterday. And, you know, your outlook is, if you could like bottle your outlook and then sell it to people. <laughs> I would, and you know what, right. I really, yeah. And I really just want to say, you know, it might sound like, oh, you know, Riley's got his shit together and he's so positive and motivated. My, I was not always like that. I just need to stress that. Yeah. I was very much the opposite for majority of my life. And like you said earlier, this is only a very new thing, but mm. it's something that's not going away. So the more yeah. I do it, the stronger it's getting. And I'm realizing that's me stepping into my authenticity and my true self and my true power. And that's available to everybody. Yeah. It's not, I'm not super special. Um, you know, I, everybody can do, if I can do it, anyone can do it. Trust me. Yeah. And, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of people who have been with me throughout my life that are thinking, what on earth? How did you go from the crazy person that we knew you as to who you are now? Like, that's insane. Yeah. So that's also something that is exciting. Yeah. You get to share about all that on your podcast. Um, <laughs> So before we finish up, I do want to ask you, in the society that we live in right now, how people see, you know, you transitioning, transgender men, transgender women, people that are not like air quotes like them, you know, how do you or what could you say to them or to society? What needs to change? What needs to happen so that we can have this connection and this equality across the board? If you could say or, or give us your thoughts and opinion on it. Um, so I think the main thing that I would say is don't be afraid just because somebody is different to you, mm. just because somebody may look different to you, have different beliefs, uh, you know, there's no one way of going about life or going about things. But I think as humans, we've been kind of conditioned to be afraid of anything that's different because Normally when we're afraid of something, it's because we don't understand or we yeah. don't know. So I think uh, my advice would be to ask questions, to to learn. And, you know, if the person isn't comfortable talking about the particular question, they can just let you know. But for me personally, I, I would love to answer any questions that anyone has about transitioning because everybody's our journey is unique and different. Mm. And I really just think that this outdated version of, you know, men and women and that's all there is, you know, there's nothing in between. There's, it, it's changing. Everything is changing. And I really, I really think just being on board and noticing the mm. changes that are happening in the world with society, with beliefs, with gender, with sexuality, with everything, I think people really need to try and move beyond the things that we've been taught and yeah. to find what works for them to believe what works for them, even if it's not what they were taught, even if they don't know, and they, they have a lot of questions, question it, question everything, you know, mm. that's how you grow. That's how you learn. And there's no reason to be afraid of somebody because they're different is, is just the main message that I would like to send. I love you. Okay. Advice. Last thing, advice for anybody listening who is in the same position that you were in, that right now they were, they, they are now where you were. What would you say up one piece of advice to them? One piece of advice, talk to somebody, speak up, tell somebody, it doesn't matter who call a 
crisis line if you don't have any friends. Talk to somebody on the internet. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, tell your family. Be vulnerable. You know, if you don't have a safe space to go, you know, make make a safe space. You know, just just communicate, communicate, communicate. It's the most important thing and, and also to know that you're not alone. If you've, I know that it feels like you're alone. I know it feels like it's never going to get better. But I can tell you it, it, it will get better and it's, it's, not, it's not the end. There is always something more. There's something greater and you're not alone. I just want people to know that nobody is ever alone hmm. and that's what I want people to know. Oh, Riley, thank you for existing Thank you for joining us on the podcast and sharing your story. And I cannot thank you enough for being who you are. And if people want to connect with you, where can they find you? Uh, so on Instagram, um, I also have Facebook. So my Instagram is Riles underscore James. And uh, also on Facebook, uh, it's just Riley Kelso, which is my full name. So yes, that's great. Thank you so Yay. much for having me. Oh. I've had the most amazing time. It's been <laughs> incredible to talk to you i'm really excited for this to come out <laughs> i can't wait for you to hear it thank you so so much no worries thank you so much my darling we are in wild times right now and in order for you to manage your mind and boost your immunity and be level-headed instead of panic i want to invite you to consider online training to consider joining a community a sistership where you are going to be held where you're going to be supported, where you have a safe space to unravel. And with all this time at home, you can actually better your life and work on yourself. Good news as well. I have now done a 12-month payment plan for the online sisterhood. So many women right now are experiencing trouble with their finances, losing their jobs, being single mothers, not knowing when their next money or paycheck is going to come from. And we are navigating that with our current sisterhood members. We are working with every woman that we can in order to support them in these tough times. And I hear you out there saying, I'd love to join the sisterhood, but I can't afford it. I can't afford six payments. So what I've done is made it a year-long program. It's a year-long program with a year-long payment plan. I really, really want you to consider if this is the time for you to join the sisterhood and work on yourself. It is available to you now. Let's do the damn thing. Thank you so much for listening. I so appreciate your ears, your time, your energy, and your attention. Please do me a favor and head over to Apple iTunes, subscribe so that you don't miss an episode, share this episode with a sister who you know needs to hear it, and if you feel called to, leave me a review. I'd love to know what you think about the podcast. I'd love to know how this information is helping you change your world. Thank you so much for being here. I know that there are many podcasts you could listen to, and I really appreciate you listening to mine. Have a gorgeous week, honey.